Hi, welcome to the CND podcast. I'm Christopher Stewart. With pre-regs having received their results from the GPHE summer assessment, I wanted to find out what steps they should take if they were successful in their exam. To do this, I spoke to Simon Harris, Head of Education and Training at the Greenlight Campus, to get some much-needed advice for this cohort of newly qualified pharmacists. First of all, congratulations. That's a fantastic achievement to pass the registration exam. Now time to register as a pharmacist and all the information is available on the GPHC website, pharmacyregulation.org. And they'll notice now there's an online application form which has to be completed. Uh, there's full guidance there in terms of the documents that are needed in terms of proving identity, but also there are there's an application fee to pay which covers the processing of the application as well as a registration fee which pre-regs or newly qualified pharmacists have to pay for their first year of registration. And again, all the information is available on the GPHC website for them to look at and there's they can always contact the GPHC if they need to uh, ask any questions about that. Obviously they have to apply to be a pharmacist, but is there anything else they need like um, indemnity insurance or... Yeah, absolutely. It's very important to have professional indemnity insurance. There's a range of insurance providers out there who can offer good value, high quality insurance. It's important before buying any insurance that they do their research and they speak to friends, peers, colleagues who have done the same uh, and where they recommend getting their insurance from. But yes, that's something that they should have. Becoming a pharmacist for these pre-regs has been a long time coming, to say the least. It's four years in university um, and a year in pre-reg. What happens if they are considering a career change at this point in terms of within the pharmacy sector? So a community pharmacy pre-reg wants to maybe go into hospital or practice pharmacy or a hospital pharmacist wants to maybe go into locum in. What should they consider? Yeah, I think that's a really common scenario where people have spent the last 12 months working in the one setting and they may have dipped their toes into another setting and thought maybe that, that might be better for me at this stage in their career. And all, all cards are on the table at this stage. Newly qualified pharmacists don't need to feel that because they did the pre-reg in one setting that that's where the rest of their career will lie. In fact, a lot of pharmacists now are having what they call a portfolio career with opportunities and and roles in in many settings, including community, general practice and hospital, um, as well as education and training. I think be brave. um, They may need to volunteer. They may need to, if, for example, someone has done their pre-reg in hospital and they want to learn about community practice, which was actually my own personal situation, I spoke to a friend who was a community pharmacist and I volunteered for a week and I worked alongside him. I learned about the, the registers and all the different requirements of working in a community pharmacy and the OTC medicines. And then after that week, I was ready to, to go and start working in a pharmacy myself. So for the opposite direction, going from community into hospital, they may want to think about doing some locum work or some outpatient work. But it's not, it's not too late and far from it. This is the perfect time in their career to really get a, a wide range of experience. And there's lots of skills that are transferable throughout all settings in pharmacy. So they don't need to feel like if they've done their training in one setting, they're then stuck in that setting. Do you think it'll be a shock to the system for some pre-regs who have went from working as a pre-reg without the responsibility to the next day turning up to a store and becoming the responsible pharmacist? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a massive shock. But actually, I think the best thing to do is in the last few weeks of pre-reg, start thinking like you are the pharmacist. Stop thinking that there's someone checking the prescription after you. Stop thinking there's someone listening to the advice you're giving and start thinking in that mindset of, I am 100% responsible and accountable for everything that happens in this pharmacy. In terms of the advice you're giving, the medicines that you are, you are checking, 
the advice that you're giving to other healthcare professionals over the phone, start acting, behaving like the pharmacist. And most pre-regs have been doing this for the last sort of three months in their pre-reg anyway, so that shouldn't come as a shock. But obviously nothing can prepare them for the reality, even, even with following that advice. So day one, even if it's a very simple prescription for a fairly safe medicine, they might find themselves checking it many, many times, and that's completely normal. Day one may be the hardest day, but pretty quickly they're on to day two, day three, and before you know it, they've got they've built up their confidence, they've built up their experience, and they can start relaxing into the role and enjoying it and make, really making the most of it. With the book closing on the pre-reg assessment, does this mean that these newly qualified pharmacists are free from learning? Uh, well, unfortunately not. Um, I mean, I think it will come as no surprise to, to pharmacists, to pre-regers and to any healthcare professional that the, the book never closes on learning throughout the career with the, the multitude of new medicines coming out, new evidence on the management of conditions, the changing role of pharmacists. I think now more than ever, pharmacists are doing more and more learning and, and continual upskilling of themselves. In terms of that upskilling, pharmacies across the UK now offer wide range of advanced services what training would they need to provide some of those services yeah well certainly across england for the advanced services they need to think about mur accreditation and there's a wide range of providers and universities out there who they can do that assessment with Uh, some of the providers offer online packages where they can prepare for the assessment Um, and then some providers it's just the assessment only it's all all done online and and it's all a similar price around sort of 70 pound price mark to get that mur accreditation and once people have the MUR accreditation, they can then do a self-assessment for the new medicine service, which is very important, as well as one of the advanced services. Moving on from that, there's flu vaccination training. And when pre-regers become pharmacists, they'll have a couple of months before the flu vaccination season begins. So that's a key time to then carry out that training for flu vaccinations. And then moving on to the enhanced services, well, it'll depend where in the country they are working, what enhanced services are available. Contact the the local authority, contact the CCGs, contact LPCs, find out what uh, CPPE packages should they be completing. It's likely to involve things like safeguarding, consultation skills, emergency hormonal contraception. Those are the sort of key packages which newly qualified pharmacists should be aiming to complete if they've not already done so. And then, of course, thinking about um, smoking cessation training, dealing with difficult conversations, and that will help with becoming accredited to provide services such as the methadone administration service and needle exchange service. So the tutor has got them through their pre-reg. How can they now support them as they become newly qualified pharmacists? Look, the learning doesn't stop. As a newly qualified pharmacist, the, the, the Royal Pharmaceutical Society offer a three-year foundation program, and I strongly encourage pre-reg or newly qualified pharmacists to move on to this foundation program to really help structure the first three years in their in their training, to help them develop the leadership skills, the knowledge, the, the abilities and behaviours that they need to continue their development as a pharmacist. Is there anything the tutor can do now that their pre-reg has passed their exam and is about to become a pharmacist? Yeah, I mean, I'd really encourage tutors to to keep in touch with their with their ex-pre-regs because it is a daunting first couple of months out there by themselves. And having that, that role model and that mentor where they did their original training uh, is a great source of advice and confidence. I'd also encourage newly qualified pharmacists to have a network of other pharmacists who they can call upon. I always get text messages and phone calls from at late night or weekends from, from newly qualified pharmacists who have a prescription or a patient or a situation which they're not sure how to deal with. And we, we can chat it through and discuss it uh, and always come up with, with the best plan of action. So definitely have people on your phone who you can contact because classic 
ethical dilemmas always happen late on a Friday night or on a Sunday afternoon when, when other healthcare professionals or GPs are not available, you can't get in touch with the hospital and information lines are, are closed. That's when you need to have colleagues out there who you can contact and, and, and discuss decision making with. That was Simon Harris providing advice on how to make the best start to your pharmacy career after passing your pre-reg exam. For more on pharmacy careers, why not consider attending the C&D Careers event this September in either London or Bradford. Don't forget to subscribe to C&D's podcast on iTunes or on your preferred Android app. Thanks for listening.